welcome to today's show, Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, passionate, inspirational speaker, author, poet, and entrepreneur. Good morning, and welcome to Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. Today is Wednesday, August 15th. I want to give a great big thank you to those of you listening today, and I also want to give a great big shout out to all of you listening all around the world. I'm delighted and so grateful that you tuned in. I sure hope you are enjoying a fabulous day today and that you're having a fantastic week, because you know what? In the grand song of the universe, life is very, very short, isn't it? It's short and sweet and Very, very precious. So I hope you're making a difference in your own life because when you do, you also make a difference in someone else's life. Now, a lot of us want to make our life count for something, but we really don't know how to do it, or it seems just so big and overwhelming. So folks ask me, where do you begin? Dr. Gloria, tell me what to do. (laughs) How do I make my life count? Well, it's really very simple, very, very simple. If you love people like I do, you can do something for them. Now, some folks call it random acts of kindness or or random acts of beauty. I call it making yourself useful, (laughs) being kind, serving others, passing on your blessings. It's all part of legacy living. When I write notes to people, like a handwritten note of some kind, a birthday card, a thank you note, I usually tuck something small inside, like a tea bag, you know, their favorite tea, or one of those little packets of coffee. Sometimes I include a small page of stamps. When I'm at the grocery store, I sometimes pick up something that's nourishing that I can take to my local food bank. And I always try to remember to look into the eyes of the person who is ringing up my groceries and ask him or her how they're doing, you know, how their day is going, or wish them a blessed day. If I'm in a hurry, of course, I may not always remember, but I try. I also smile a lot. Not a goofy kind of smile, though I have one of those. (laughs) I just smile. Sometimes I don't even know I'm smiling until someone says, wow, I love your smile. You just light up the room. (laughs) You know, in our culture, we say that, that time is money. Well, I'm not so sure about that. Here's what I do know. A smile doesn't cost a thing. It doesn't cost a single dime. Yet the value to you and the other person who receives your smile is positively priceless. And you know what? You never know. You never know just who might need the beauty, the warmth, the radiance, the kindness of your smile. You never know what's going on in somebody else's life, do you? You don't know what their sister or brother or their son or daughter just said to them. You don't know what kind of news they might have just gotten from their doctor. This morning, I had to take care of some personal things that came up unexpectedly, so I was running a few minutes behind. When I checked my calendar, I realized that I was supposed to be in a meeting with someone, (laughs) so I quickly called them 
and when I made contact, I apologized for being late for our meeting. I asked if she wanted to reschedule, and she quickly said yes. Then, for just a moment, she hesitated and said, You know what? I couldn't have met with you today anyway. I've been so distracted, so preoccupied. I I actually forgot all about our call today. I've been on the phone these past few hours talking with my family. You see, my oldest sister called very early this morning to let me know that she's decided to go into hospice care. She's through with all the radiation treatments, all the chemo. I mean, she's had it. The doctors have done all they can do for me, she said. Nothing seems to be helping anymore. I think it's time. I think it's time to let go, she said. So I said to my friend, well, let's pray for your sister right now. What's her name? So we can pray for her specifically. And we prayed right then and there for Alma. After we prayed, I said, when you have a moment tomorrow or or later in the day, let's just reschedule our meeting, okay? My friend sighed a big sigh. Then she spoke. I could hear the fragility in her voice. Oh, thank you. Thank you for understanding, Gloria. You are the best. I really appreciate you and your flexibility. My next-door neighbor, Joe, goes for a nice long walk almost every evening, right after dinner. Whenever I see him out walking, he almost always has a can of food in each hand, and he joyously swings them back and forth as he walks. Sometimes he lifts the cans over his head as he moves along, humming, his eyes just dancing, just sparkling. I mean, Joe always seems to have a smile on his face. After about an hour or so, he he returns home, only the cans are gone. He has nothing in his hands. I used to wonder, why is he carrying those cans around? (laughs) And why do they just seem to go poof? Why do they disappear? I mean, what on earth does he do with them? So one day I asked him, I said, hey, Joe, hey, what's up with the cans? Oh, those. Well, on my walk, I just swing down to the community center. You know, the one with the big food bins out front. I put the cans in there. And all while I'm walking, they give me a little extra oomph. (laughs) So, folks, that's how you do it. Small, genuine acts of love, compassion, kindness, and generosity. Did you know that even your thoughts can make a difference? Now, why is that? Well, it's because our thoughts are made up of words and images. And those words and images are made up of energy. You know that little saying we we all learn when we were little? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Well, let me tell you something. That's a lie. That is a lie. You know, as well as I do, and you've heard me say it before, words have energy, vitality, and soul. Words have the power to bless or to blaspheme. They have the power to hurt or to heal. So take good care to send thoughts of love, of healing, of hospitality, and generosity. I truly believe that we're here on this planet to love and to serve one another. So, 
That's how you do it. You make your life count day by day, step by step, moment by moment, smile by smile, every single day, 365, 24-7. That's what legacy living, make your life count, is all about. You can learn more about Legacy Living Make Your Life Count by visiting the Gloria Burgess website. That's G-L-O-R-I-A, B as in boy, U-R-G-E-S-S dot com. That's the Gloria Burgess website, G-L-O-R-I-A, B-U-R-G-E-S-S dot com, or by visiting Facebook, Facebook dot com forward slash D-R for Dr. D-R, G-L-O-R-I-A-B-U-R-G-E-S-S-P-H-D forward slash. All right. I hope you were able to join me last week and the week before for my show called What Am I Here For? What am I here for? I had a very special guest on the show, Elena Love. Elena is near and dear to my heart because she makes a difference in her own life and in the lives of so many others throughout the world through the use of words. Now, today's show is about thresholds. So let's begin by understanding what we mean by threshold. A threshold is an edge or boundary or border. Now, most of us understand threshold as something that we approach and then we cross over it, like the threshold of a doorway or passageway, or perhaps we think of a of a sill of a window as a threshold. I remember when I was a little girl, we had large windows, large enough that when you open them, you could actually sit on the windowsill with our heads barely touching the underside of the open window. So what does it mean to be on a threshold? And what does this mean for our lives? Well, let me tell you, when you understand the answers to these two simple questions, you will be able to transform your life for good. But before we answer those questions and launch into today's show, I want to take just a moment to welcome you. If you're just joining us, welcome, dear listeners. If you're just joining us, I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess. This is Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. I'd like to extend a very special welcome to those of you who are joining my show or if you're joining Talk Network Radio for the very first time. You're in for a real treat. I'm excited to have you listening in today, and I'm deeply honored that you've allowed me to be part of your day so you can be inspired by ideas and resources to make your life count. Now, today's show is all about thresholds, and my specific focus is about navigating the thresholds in your life. You can really navigate those thresholds rather than being overwhelmed or overtaken by them. I was inspired to focus on thresholds today for for many reasons. In just a few days, we're approaching a seasonal threshold, and seasonal cycles are always a time to consider those edges 
those boundaries and borders of our life, especially in cultures like the U.S. culture where we've lost touch with the natural cycles of birth and death, change and transition, reawakening and renewal. And since we've lost touch with those natural rhythms, those natural cycles, we've also lost touch with some of the great thresholds of our life. Now, as I mentioned earlier, a threshold is an edge or boundary or border. And most of us understand that a threshold is something that we approach and then we step across it, we cross over it, like the threshold of a doorway, a passageway, a portal of some kind. Thresholds can signal new beginnings, transitions, the unknown, commencements, right? Or some area where mystery is important in your life. The birth of a child, the baptism of that child, graduations, venturing away from home for the very first time, landing your first real job, (laughs) launching a new career, getting engaged, getting married, celebrating a milestone birthday or anniversary, or starting a new business, buying a new home, becoming ordained as a minister. All of these are threshold moments. So what does it really mean to be on a threshold? And what does this mean for our lives? Well, let me offer an analogy. Here where I live in the Pacific Northwest, we have lots of flowering shrubs and trees. Now, recently I've been traveling away from home quite a bit. And when I returned from one trip, I was was actually amazed, astounded by, by all the greenery around me. I actually experienced a bit of shock. Now, when I departed on my travels, almost all of the trees were still black and bare and barren, all except the evergreen trees, of course, the pines and the fir. But when I returned just a few weeks later, the trees that had been black and and barren and bare, they were absolutely glorious. I mean, everywhere I looked, all I saw was a stunning, dizzying array of various shades of green. Now, it seemed like the black barren branches had sprouted their green tresses overnight, but it took many, many months for this actually to occur. These trees were in transition since last fall and all during the many long, cool, wet months of winter. And when I left on my travels, the trees, which seemed to be asleep, (laughs) they were actually on a threshold. They were on the edge, on the boundary of becoming, on the border of budding, on the boundary of blossoming, of opening into the fullness of their summer beauty. So, what threshold awaits you? What threshold are you standing on? Or what threshold are you approaching at this particular moment of your life? What boundary or or border are you about to brush up against and then step across? 
Is it a, a new job? Or is it a new friendship blossoming for you? Are you on the brink of deciding to change your lifestyle? Maybe lose a few pounds, clean out your pantry and your fridge as you really commit to healthy eating? Or maybe stepping up how you exercise or that you even exercise, right? <laughs> maybe you're considering a, a big transition like downsizing your lifestyle, maybe even downsizing your home, or just the opposite. You're ready to transition from apartment, living to living in a condo or a single-family home. Or, like me, you're reinventing yourself and reinventing your business. Or maybe you can identify with the people in my leadership circle who are, who are now reflecting on the question, who do I choose to be now? Who do I choose to be for this time? In other words, we are remembering who we are. We're remembering whose we are. And we are remembering what we're here for, to make the difference that only we can make. So, whatever your threshold is, before you step across it, what work do you have in front of you to do? One of my favorite poets, David White, says this about the work that lies ahead in his poem called Threshold. Be taught now among the trees and rocks how the discarded is woven into shelter. Learn the ways things hidden and unspoken slowly proclaim their voice in the world. Find that far inward symmetry to all outward appearances. Apprentice yourself to yourself. Begin to welcome back all you sent away. Be a new annunciation. Find the words you always wanted to say and stand at the door of the day and be hospitable, even to the stranger in you. This poem... This poem reminds us that the work that lies ahead is not so much about downsizing or looking to reinvent whatever we think we are or our business is, but the most important work is about remembering who we are and remembering so that we deeply care and that we dare to align our outer life with our inner life. Now, one of the most important tasks of our lives is to pause, just to stop everything, to pause and take stock of, of who we are now and where we are now. To pause and take stock of whose we are. To pause and take stock of who we are becoming right here, right now. You can also ask yourself this question. What do I want to do? Now that's a great question, isn't it? 
Just be sure that what you want to do and who you want to be are in alignment. Because if they're not, you can cross a threshold. But let me tell you, you will walk back and forth and back and forth and back and forth across that threshold over and over and over again without gaining any ground. If you want your life to be different, guess what? You must align who you are and what you do. Now, as a leadership consultant and coach, I've supported folks for many, many years who ask these and similar questions. Before that, when I was an executive in corporate America, I supported folks using these very same questions. What do I want to create? For whom? Where am I now? And where do I want to go? (laughs) Pretty amazing, isn't it? Whether we're working on organizational strategy, building a better team, or building a better you, (laughs) these questions are all about thresholds. And they will help you move in the direction you want to go. These threshold questions are very important to help you in creating the life you want. Why? Because they help you as you imagine, as you envision. They help you as you dream. These questions put an image of what you desire in front of you. They give you something to strive for, something to guide your actions, something to guide your choices. They help you create a vision of what's possible. They help you dream. And once you have a dream, you can contemplate it, you can visualize it, You can pray about your dream. You can dance with your dream. You can meditate. You can recite daily affirmations about it. You can even set goals and create action plans. All of these strategies will move you closer to your dreams. But to actually manifest your dreams, to make them a reality, to make them come true, one thing is essential. One thing. You must act on them. (laughs) That's right. You must act on your dream. Now, I actually teach this kind of thing all over the planet, and people always seem surprised when I say this. I mean, they actually start laughing, and the laughter is about recognizing themselves. It's about putting themselves in the frame. I mean, they get it, because we we all love to dream, don't we? We're quite good at it. But then we wonder why our dreams don't yield fruit. (laughs) Well, the answer is very simple. It's because we're not putting our foot on the gas pedal, right? Can I just tell you something? A dream without an action plan is called hallucination. (laughs) A dream without action is like putting the key in the ignition of your car, but not putting your foot on the pedal. And guess what? If you don't put your foot on the pedal, your car won't go anywhere. It won't take you in the direction of your dream or anywhere else for that matter. In fact, your car will just sit there. So, as I mentioned earlier in the show, ask yourself some important questions. Here are a few. Who am I? Whose am I? What do I want to create? For whom? Where am I now? 
Where do I want to go? Who do I choose to be for this particular time? Not yesterday, not tomorrow, but for this particular time. Who do I choose to be now? These questions will help you form a powerful image of what you desire, and asking the questions consistently will keep your vision, your image of what you want in front of you, which gives you something to strive for, something to guide your actions, something to guide your choices. These questions will help you formulate and create a vision of what is possible. They will help you dream so that you can contemplate it, visualize it, pray about it, dance with it, meditate about it, say daily affirmations about it. You can even set goals and create your action plan. Now remember, all of these strategies will move you closer to your dreams. But to actually manifest your dreams, to make them real and concrete, to make them come true, one thing is essential. You have to act on them. And you know what? When you do, when you decide to act, and when you actually move into action with your dream, then providence moves too to support you in manifesting your soul's desire. One of my many inspirations for this program is is my daughter. Even as a little girl, she was always very clear about what she wanted. I remember when she was about 13 or 14 years old, she declared to me and her dad that she did not want to go to a local college. And we're going, okay, what's up with this, right? (laughs) Seemed like it was out of the blue. In fact, she didn't want to go to any college within like a 600-mile radius which meant she didn't want to go to any of the colleges in our home state. My daughter was very clear that she wanted a different experience and a different life. At that young age, she set her sights on going to college on the East Coast. And when she was ready, she applied to and was accepted at a number of East Coast colleges. Without knowing a single soul, she moved 2,000 miles across the country and made a new life for herself. Not once or twice, but she's done so several times during the past decade. When I think about my family, there's so many stories about being on the threshold, from the stories of those in my family who remember slavery, right, to the stories of my elders being on the threshold in new circumstances after slavery and being in transition for many years afterwards. These are stories that I heard as a young girl. Then there are the stories of my immediate family being on the brink, at the boundary, and in transition as part of what we now call the Great Migration, the Great Migration of African Americans crossing the threshold and leaving the South to cross yet another threshold and start their lives all over again in the North. Like my daughter, I also left my home to go to college. In fact, I moved from Michigan to California to go to university. I moved there only knowing my sister and one of my aunts, who had transitioned to Los Angeles many years before I did. 
other than my relatives, I had no network to speak of, no prospects for work. And yet as I approached this threshold, I approached it as an opportunity to align my outer and my inner lives. What I know is that when I approach a threshold, one of the most helpful things I can do for myself is to have a clear a clear sense of what's possible. Even if my vision isn't clear, a clear sense of what's possible. Did you hear what I said? I didn't say that I had to have a goal or, or, or a plan. I just said I had to have a, a clear sense and a vision for what was possible. Now, along with my vision, I also have to have one other thing. And that's what I call one sure thing. <laughs> and that one sure thing is commitment. Commitment. Let's take a look at commitment because, you know, we all use this word, right? But do we really know what it means? I don't think so anymore. Commitment is a noun that means promise, pledge, vow. So when we make a commitment, that means that we make a promise, a promise, something that you keep, right? A pledge or a vow. Commitment also means obligation, duty, responsibility. It means dedication, devotion, allegiance, loyalty, steadfastness, and faithfulness. You don't hear those words much anymore, do you? I mean, mercy. Commitment is a powerful, powerful word, isn't it? William H. Murray, a Scottish mountaineer and writer, says this about commitment. He says, until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always ineffectiveness. Let me repeat that. Until one is committed, there is hesitancy, the chance to draw back, always in effectiveness. Concerning all acts of initiative and creation, there is one elementary truth, the ignorance of which kills countless ideas and splendid plans, that the moment one definitely commits oneself, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to help one that would never otherwise have occurred. He goes on to say, a whole stream of events issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents and meetings and material assistance, which no man, or woman for that matter, <laughs> could have dreamed would come his way. Murray goes on to say, I have learned a deep respect for one of Goethe's couplets. Whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. Wow. I love that. I love that. I just love this quote. So what is Murray saying? He's saying that commitment is action. It is the bold action that goes hand-in-hand hand with your dream. 
which has magic and genius in it. When you begin, when you commit, it is as if all of a sudden the universe starts to cooperate with you. All of a sudden, God's divine hand moves. But you know what? It's not all of a sudden. It seems all of a sudden, but it isn't. The reason that it seems all of a sudden is because we have begun. (laughs) We have committed. And when we do, when we begin, when we commit to step across that threshold to move in the direction of our dreams, then the universe, God's hand, providence, moves too. But know this, providence will only cooperate when you have proven that you really mean it. If you still doubt in some way, if you only act some of the time, or if you work on plan A and plan B at the same time because you're afraid that plan A will fail, guess what? (laughs) Plan A is going to fail. Successfully pursuing your dream might very well slip through your fingers if you do that. It will escape you. But once you really commit, and once you say goodbye to what's behind you and you really go for it, magic begins to happen. All of a sudden, (laughs) right? Seemingly overnight, all manner of assistance, unforeseen circumstances, resources, people, money, material, and otherwise will become available to you. So, what are you waiting for? Go for it. Jump. Do it. (laughs) Do it now. Stop procrastinating. Step it up. Step it up today. Ask yourself, what threshold must I cross to move from here to there? There's so many folks out there who know the value of going for it, who know the benefit of commitment. But for whatever reason, fear stops them. Fear stops them from following through. Sometimes the fear is so strong, so powerful, it can actually stop you cold. It can stop you dead in your tracks, so you don't even you don't even start. You look at the threshold and you don't want to even think about moving across it. You stay in that place that's familiar, that's comfortable. You stay in relationships that you've outgrown. You stay stuck in living a life that looks successful on the outside, but on the inside you feel insecure, afraid, or or maybe you feel like a pretender, like an imposter, like a fraud. Or maybe you feel like you're not enough, and no matter how hard you work or how many life makeovers you go through, that you will never be enough. You will never measure up. So, the choice is yours, right? Do you want to stifle yourself and get in your own way? Do you want to limit yourself? Or do you want to step across that threshold so that you can equip yourself to make the kind of difference in your own life that only you can? To equip yourself to make the kind of difference only you can make in the lives of others. 
I know your answer. <laughs> I mean, it has to be yes. 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 That's what legacy living is all about. We're here to support you in living and learning so you can be the best you can be 365, 24-7. So please join me again next time. Tune in to next week's show right here on Talk Network Radio. Now, if you missed last week's show or any part of this week's broadcast, you can listen to the recording at your own convenience. You can even listen to the podcast on the go. You can find us here on Talk Network Radio or iTunes. Before I sign off, I want to thank each of you for tuning in to today's show, for allowing me to share a bit of my journey with what legacy living is all about. Not just living and learning, but living and learning and serving so that you make a difference in your own life and in the lives of others. It's about being on purpose every single day, 365, 24-7. Legacy living is one of the many ways to make your life count. Now, before I close today's show, I want to thank you for joining me here today. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess, and this has been Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. Please join me again next week right here on Talk Network Radio for another show of Legacy Living, Make Your Life Count. We're here again next Wednesday, 10 a.m., right here, Talk Network Radio. Don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what legacy living is all about. Have a fantastic day. And remember, make the days in your life count. God bless. That's our show today. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria, Gloria Burgess. I hope you'll join me again next week. Until then, don't just count the days in your life. Make the days in your life count. That's what legacy living is all about. Here's to you. Have a fantastic day. Be sure to make it a yes kind of day. And remember, celebrate. Celebrate the music of your life. Make the days in your life count.